You need to embrace capitalism. It is this hope which is the lever of progress. My favorite Fed. To keep one's reactions warm and true. And they attack us because we're over there. Is to have found the secret of perpetual youth. Man, you're too pretty to be a libertarian. And perpetual youth is salvation. Salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back once again to a podcast edition of Q Paul, where we say the quiet parts out loud. That, that is qpaul.substack.com. I'm your host, as always, Phil Gibson. And today I have returning to the podcast Mark Goodwin at Bitcoin Magazine. What 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 do you do at Bitcoin Magazine, Mark? What up, Phil? Yeah, it is the return. It's been a uh... A long time. It's been like a year and change, year and a half or something, I think. I oh. think. It, it was like right when I started at Bitcoin Magazine, pretty much. Oh, yeah. Maybe even before I started full time. It was a long time. We talked about like art and music, a bunch of stuff. Anyway, I, uh, I work on the print magazine, uh, <clears throat> do a little editorial, directing, writing, got a little book coming out. Um, yeah, and get to uh, yeah work on the print magazine, which we just had a lovely article from you and it, which was awesome. So uh, yeah, that's what I do over there. I I can't thank you enough for the opportunity and the hookup. First paid gig, writing gig, actually. So that's there you go. That was uh, pretty sweet. But yeah, I you're not supposed to tell people we pay. You're not supposed to say that. You no, I'm just kidding. Paid of me course you pay. in, in exposure, <laughs> right? That's what they that's what they tell interns, right? We'll pay you that's what they tell like ba- like touring bands and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, everybody does that. Like content is 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 still worthless. There's still yep. people, but not to us, uh, not to Bitcoiners. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it was great, great piece. Yeah, it was awesome to have it in there. And today we're gonna talk about something relative, adjacent, kind of in the same realm. But um, anyone who is uh, is a follower of my work, I mean, if you're listening to the show clearly you should be or are i did a repost of the article that i wrote called the fracturing of the big club in the print edition of bitcoin magazines the gatekeepers edition so you can read that for just a breakdown of my slash other people's thesis of what's going on and why it's important but uh, mentioned in that is of course the fate of the fed and tools that they are using and mark is going to give us an update of sorts last week today we're we are recording on wednesday june 28th about a week ago jerome powell gave a what was the the conference called again what was it for it was the house financial services committee right little chat little uh wednesday morning chat yeah it was exactly a week ago today yeah. And so we're just going to kind of pick apart some quotes that Powell uh, quoted or said, whatever. And big shout out to Mark here, because I don't is this your first article that was uh, reposted on Zero Hedge? Yeah, it was. Um, that's, that's which awesome. was, yeah, very surreal. I, I, I mean, <clears throat> I've been reading it for a really long time. I, you know, I, I, uh, <clears throat> you know, there are, uh, uh you know, editorials all over the place. It's pretty amazing. And it's something I really like. It's like they post a lot of people's views, even if some of them are a little bit in the details contradictory of each other. There's like a really nice kind of general platforming of really, you know, smart 
people. Um, and uh, yeah, it was absolute ridiculous little buzz. It was kind of fun. I was like, oh, my, like I was just scrolling and I was like, oh, shit. Damn, that's, that's my, article. my article. Very cool. <laughs> very, very, very cool. And I had a good buddy of mine who uh, <clears throat> I've been hanging out with from uh, that I just met at the Bitcoin meetup. This like awesome based libertarian guy. And uh, <clears throat> he just like, yeah, sent me a message and was like, hey, I'm uh, just going through Zero Hedge and I see your your name. This is you, right? <laughs> and I, was, I was like, yeah, yeah. Yes, crazy. sir. So well, that's cool. awesome, dude. Yeah, very, very exciting. Yes, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you happy for you i don't think i'll ever see that day trying to act like i've been here before but i'm not doing a good job you know but it was it was cool it was exciting it was it was fun i, I look up to zero hedge uh, in a lot of ways so it's yeah. very fun well uh i'm jealous because i i don't think i can say the the same because oh hello cat brushing up against my leg uh i'm not sure if i can say the same because zero hedge are the the cucks that they are they blocked me because i oh, yeah yeah because i basically they they made a post or posted an article saying that pal's going to pivot and i'm like no you guys are delusional cowards that's not going to happen if you pay attention and you know what is actually going on and you just stop posting and promoting doom porn for once no matter right. how good it sells you're making your audience fucking retarded so yeah, i'm gonna yeah, call yeah, you yeah, out yeah, on your yeah, shit yeah. and if you're gonna ah. block me then yeah. you're just a cowardly pity cock yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the uh, I love the energy that you bring to the dollar conversation because it's it's just no one is really that uh, like like knows exactly what it is that they believe and articulates it and is very aggressive in the way that I do it. It's refreshing. I, I really like it. It's funny. I, I, and I do agree with you on the. I know everything about what I'm talking about, but my conviction does come <laughs> from somewhere, you know, virtuous ethical just it's not coming from shit okay i i stand on the shoulders of giants so shout out to tom longo and danielle dimartino booth and hell yeah but it's just so aggravating and the only reason i write and talk about this shit is because it comes from a place of passion of how no doubt how even people in the bitcoin space the libertarian space the people that we think are based and that we latch on to so much how do you fucking miss this point Right, like I, it just, it, every piece of like integrity. If you are writing for truth, it, it, do I need to finish the sentence? Like, do the math. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's kind of an interesting. I'm, I'm glad we kind of got here right at the start because, like, I think it's kind of an interesting framing of like where at, the way you and I both look at this kind of overlap because I think we sort of more or less look at you know, and I've learned a lot from your writing, and I, I. And, and obviously, you know, the two folks you just you just gave shout outs to that you turned me on to. Definitely. I really respect their work. Um, I think generally we frame we have kind of the same like we understand the same mechanisms and kind of see like, OK, we got, you know, this sort of U.S. coalition, Europe coalition, taking down LIBOR, all that stuff, the reshoring of the dollar. I think we're pretty much on the same page there. And obviously we'll get into the weeds of it as we go through the article. But um, I think the like the thing that I think. Um, I'm interested to hear what you think is like you you uh, you you sort of give the <clears throat> the uh, you look at like the U.S. banking system and Jamie Dimon and Powell as like patriots, which I think is very interesting and unique. It's a um, little too I generous. People, I will say, yeah, it's too for generous, sure. But yeah, also I like pissing people off, and 
<laughs> it, it also kind of comes from a place of honesty. I can see Powell actually sure. being the Patriot. As Danielle says, he doesn't need this job. He could be worth a shit ton more money than he already is. But in someone in his age, and I think Diamond's just like yeah, 10 years behind him in age. So mm-hmm. whatever he's doing. But Tom brings up that he had an aortic attack or whatever on like mm-hmm. the middle of Times Square. And so maybe a near-death experience made him. I don't really know. But yes, it is too generous to say that they are white knights, patriots, whatever. But if we see the enemy ahead of us just right. out of incentive, it makes sense to preserve the creation of private capital and the commercial banking system and not hand it over to communists who are just right. globalists that want to enslave us all in neo feudalism and owe nothing to be happy. What were you saying? <laughs> totally. And it's like, it, no, I mean, yeah, I'm kind of with you. And it's not like, um, yeah, it's funny because like I was uh, I was watching some like Luke Grobman clip or something the other day. And he was talking about he's like we could have, and I like Luke, but I, I I hear you. But he was like, you know, we could have fixed inflation, uh, you know, immediately if we just went to everybody that you know and all these regional banks that blew up, and we just went, okay, you have X billion dollars, you get two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Okay, you know, he was basically like we should just blow up the whole u.s banking system yeah uh as a way to get it and it's like well that would be incredibly destructive i don't think destroying the consumer economy of america is going to save america um but so i think that further furthering gets to the point of just kind of like well it depends on who you know like what side you're on you know and that's what i really liked about your article it's like it's not this one big club there are warring factions within this Mm-hmm. And separating that of like, okay, how do we defeat the the globalists, if you will? Yeah. Um, and the then also, then how do we deal with the U.S. banking system after that? I guess yeah. is that kind of how you look at it? Like it's like there are buddies for now, and then once we figure out the eurozone stuff, <clears throat> then we can suss out the U.S. Basically. Uh, yeah, more or less. Why is my yeah. shit going off? Never mind. Anyway, that's on camera now or film. Uh, I, I think I. that's interesting that you say Luke Roman was like, we need to have things blow up. I, I think Pal and Kin are, they have the same idea, but they want it on a longer time frame where it's more of a controlled demolition. And maybe right. I didn't listen to that interview, but maybe Luke was kind of saying this, the same thing because that's essentially what happens and what, what is happening right because right yeah it's controlled demolition they pick favorites that's kind of what mm-hmm. lehman was uh I, I think it was from maybe i can't remember if it was lehman or bear stern but basically they weren't in on the the uh round robin of qe or um you know playing hot potato with taking this loan or that loan or not abiding danielle talks about this in her book but basically, it was either Lehman or Bear Stern. They didn't. Um, they 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 didn't buy a uh, a failing entity or didn't abide by what everyone was doing after a financial like crash. And so mm-hmm. the Fed remembered that, and because mm-hmm. they didn't play ball in the past, they let them go. So right. I think a lot of that happens to some extent, and I also think that as Tom talks about that it's controlled demolition in letting the 
banks that were had their heads up their ass and thought that zero interest rate policy wasn't going anywhere and they didn't hedge them so properly and didn't expect right. that I was going to raise as aggressively as he did. They are raising rates and letting those banks die. So that's going to be your Silicon Valley bank, your Silvergate. Right. And first Republic, I think was just kind of like a Davos or globalist hit job to where I can't, they weren't as screwed as most of those banks uh, that did go under, but it was, I think, I, I think I think it was more of like private management and private capital, but mm-hmm. it, they were they were saved by the House of Morgan, and it, it was just again J.P. Morgan picking favorites. FRC was saved, mm-hmm. and they let all these you know commie globalist banks that were benefiting from San Francisco uh, Fed policy that was established under Yellen, and funnily enough. The uh, I forget the dude's name, but the president of Silicon Valley Bank came from the SF Fed under Yellen. Mm-hmm, and so, mm-hmm. again, you have <clears throat> we now who's going to win, who's not, who's on our team for preserving American capitalism for whatever the fuck it's worth. And, right. Yeah. And, 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 that, and that's exactly where that's exactly where we're at. And that's kind of the crossroads that this article was sort of looking at. Um, was, you know, this is the king making time. This is the like, who gets the very special privilege of capital create credit creation, you know, yeah. of like being able to buy treasuries and make a bunch of dollars in their customer's account. Like who gets that? And and now we're seeing it. That's always been a very big, you know, who gets fed status, who gets the ability to do this. <clears throat> and now it's like on steroids because it's like we have the introduction of this new technology in a way. Uh, even though, of course, you know, I don't think either of us are fans of it, but the stable coin, you know, immediate issuance and, and kind of this like faux bearer asset, um, yeah. you know, new digital asset that's coming out or that's been exploding in popularity, I should say, not really coming out. But yeah. direct issue banker stable coins are probably about to come out right as we're smacking up against the launch of Fed now. Mm-hmm. Um, which is sort of a nebulous July launch. I don't think we even have a specific date, but um, yeah. July was, was was the date. So bringing it all back to last Wednesday morning, our, our boy, our boy, uh, and I say that very loosely, Jerome Powell gets up in front of uh, Congress in the House Finance Service Committee and said a whole bunch of crazy shit. Nothing that's surprising, but all things that are sort of surprising to hear just said out loud very like yeah he's saying the quiet parts out loud matter of fact yeah yes exactly q paul indeed so yeah i mean if anyone wants to follow along uh i'll put a link to to who the fuck are you to mark's article but we're just, <laughs> we're just gonna hit this paragraph by paragraph essentially and summarize yeah, let's do it take it away yeah for sure so it uh the article is called apocalypse fed now Obviously, a little riff on the, uh, you know, the, the, the little Vietnam film there. Um, and it just starts off with uh, one of the, I, you know, I, I think kind of the, the through point sort of quote of a lot of the, the kind of warning of this of this article um, is Jerome Powell said it would be a mistake to leave the Fed with a re- weak role on stable points. Um, and that is a very interesting I think there's just a lot to unpack there. And he says a lot more other things in there that sort of um, explain, uh, you know, kind of what he's getting at there. But it's an interesting thing for the chair, the, the, the Fed chair to say, 
um, you know, as being not a direct issuer of, you know, like I think you can almost say the treasury would slightly make more sense in a lot of ways of like issuing a, uh, you know, an actual, you know, stable coin. But, but here we have, you know, the Fed chair saying like, hey, this is the, the, the levers that we have and the tools that the Fed has specifically are very, very important in regards to the dollar keeping its world reserve currency status, which is one of the other things that he said, that it's very important that they that the dollar continues to be the world reserve currency. Um, and just understanding that, you know, things like the federal funding rate um, and, you know, some of these interbanking rates and things that, um, you know, the Fed has a has a significant influence over, um, they are going to have a, have to have a significant role in stable coins moving forward. And what what that sort of means on a deeper level is that, you know, they are, uh, you know, Powell is admitting that <clears throat> stable coins are important. Uh, and, and that the dollar, uh, you know, has a, a, an evolution of sorts to go through um, with the launch of Fed now and then also with stable coins kind of becoming like a dominant, um, you know, or, or rather a high volume, uh, you know, source of, of exchange uh, in, within the U.S. dollar system. And he's also admitting, <clears throat> as he goes on to say later, uh, that stable coins are money. Right. It's like the Fed, if the Fed is getting involved in stable coins and expressing, um, you know, or at least making comments on the fact that they should have a strong role in stable coins, it, it, it's really implying that, you know, these are dollars and these are dollars that we would like under the purview of the Fed and the Treasury and kind of the, the U.S. government. Um, uh, so, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of fear in general. I think uh, the main talking points people talk about when they talk about CBDCs is this sort of, uh, you know, Orwellian panopticon programmable surveillance money that's directly issued by the Fed uh, or the go or our government, you know, a nebulous state. And um, <clears throat> it basically gives, you know, uh, you know, 24 seven blacklisting ability, transaction censorship, asset seizorship. Um, and just ability to just delete money. Um, it gives all of those levers to, you know, this, this government entity. Um, and this is sort of looked at as kind of this, you know, the boogeyman looming. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on about, you know, hey, anti-CBDCs, it's now kind of politically popular to speak out against them. We've seen some legislation, um, you know, being passed around in the House about banning the direct issuance of, of currency to, to a citizen. I think Florida just did something like that as well. Um, but the reality is that we are, A, we already live in surveillance hell. So wake up. All of every, anything you do with money basically is recorded and surveilled. Um, and also that it, it's just like the mechanism of, of direct issuance from uh, a federal agency doesn't, isn't really the way that the U.S. likes to play ball. It's... Um, they, they really like to kind of hide behind, um, you know, the private sector. Um, and you can see that within the way that the U.S. dollar system is set up. And then you can see it in all of the, uh, you know, kind of the big tech companies um, and the, these other kind of U.S. institutions, be it like a meta or any of the like fang stocks, basically. Right. Um, you know, they're so interconnected and, and incestuous with the U.S. with, 
um, you know, the support they give for candidates and the, and the government program, uh, you know, like budget that they, that they get. Um, and, um, you know, we see that kind of time and time again, the government using, you know, the private sector to sort of reserve exclusivity rights and reserve mm-hmm. uh, a lot of things that the private sector can do that the public sector can't because uh, right. of regulation. And, um, and just to add a, f- a finer point here, if there was a retail CBDC, if everybody had an account at the Fed and that was their bank, then right. goodbye commercial banking. They are right. irrelevant in this world. So and they right. and they are also the largest lobbying firm in the world. And totally. Like why would they why would they just bend that knee? And also, like, I, I think this is something that you kind of turned me on to, even though it seems so fundamental to my understanding of the Fed system now. But it's like these private banks are the, the shareholders of the Fed, basically. Yeah. Um, and, and it is sort of a mutualistic relationship there. Um, Some might call it again, decentralized. Right. <laughs> I probably wouldn't, but uh, I will just piss uh, people off. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> that that's a great fill piss people off uh yeah actually the dollar system is more decentralized than ethereum so uh, it's actually probably true um no it's exactly <laughs> yeah. the same because they're the same thing um are they uh mm, i mean i think ethereum could be a very interesting lever for uh you know there's a lot of connections with you know jp morgan and consensus and um, yeah you know, obviously massive stablecoin issuance. So we'll see where things go from here. I don't necessarily want to talk about Ethereum. Yeah, that's another episode. Continue. Yeah, no doubt. But to your point about, hey, if the Fed is going to issue accounts and do all that, you know, what what would that actually look like? Um, Some sort of, you know, it it certainly wouldn't be M0, MO, it wouldn't be. Um, It would be an account. It would, it would, it would, it would be a balance. Um, And that would uh, really not make a lot of sense. Um, there needs to be, you know, sort of a, a reserve asset to the credit creation on top, capital creation. Um, and so there's a big kind of misunderstanding, I think, in what the reserve asset is versus what the reserve currency is. And I think very much so the dollar is obviously the world reserve currency, but the asset behind it is U.S. treasuries. Mm-hmm. And Powell himself said, we would not support a central bank digital currency for individuals. If we did have a CBDC, it would be intermediated by the banks. Now, that's something that you and I and a bunch of our idiot friends have been talking about for fucking ever, that basically a direct issued CBDC is a red herring. And obviously, they're going to do stuff, which now we're kind of understanding what Fed now is, and we'll get into that. And that is a very important mechanism, but it's not a direct issue <clears throat> retail CBDC. And we've been kind of yelling that, you know, stable coins are in effect um, going to be, uh, <clears throat> you know, the retail CBDC essentially. And I think a few of the ones that we've seen so far, uh, like a Tether or uh, a USDC, I think certainly have their role to play. Um, and we'll see, you know, we'll see what side of the coalition basically they, they, they fall on as, as this, you know, this king of the hill of who gets to create dollars, you know, plays out. Um, but I think we'll see private banks intermediating retail CBDCs via dollar creation. So uh, the, what what do you mean retail CBDCs again? Because private banks don't really 
deal in retail CBDCs unless if they're the reserve asset that they're that they're selling with other settling with other institutions because that we need to distinguish what retail CBDC is and wholesale. Because what I think that you are trying to say is wholesale. Sure. And and, um, and retail retail is that Orwellian Panopticon thing. Uh, I don't necessarily look at it on that axiom. I look at wholesale CBDC basically being the uh, not well, not really happen. I see that as sort of being what Fed now is, which is just like you know taking the the, the Treasury exchange system and the uh, interest rate you know lever system of the U.S. dollar you know group. Uh, and and making it, you know, bringing it into the 21st century, as opposed to kind of this like swift fax machine thing. Um, but yeah, I, like I look at retail CB. I look at retail as just being like it's in. It's like it's a customer's account. Um, like I like I as a you know as a private uh, or as a citizen of the U.S. Uh, could go open an account at say Morgan Chase or whatever uh, or Bank of America, and I could access in my account. Or, uh, I would have access to a retail stable coin, which would in okay. effect be a central bank digital currency. But um, I mean, it would, you can't call it a central bank digital currency. Right. I it agree. would just be a dollar. I, I like that's where exactly. like the, the vocabulary gets confusing. And yeah, if people yeah, I, do know the difference between retail and wholesale and they see retail, it's still, at least in my mind, Oh, there is going to be, this panopticon scary thing even though that you already explained that the dollar is already digital they can surveil if they want to blah 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 it's still like like the rhetoric and the optics with the word retail it still has that stigmatism and that's why i think it's very important to lump in retail with panopticon cbdc versus wholesale. I firmly okay. believe as and as Danielle has, has said, they're not going to do CBDC if anything this is going to be like wholesale. Because as as you have pointed out, Swift needs needs an update. Right. Yeah. I mean the uh the kind of subtitle of the first part of my article is <clears throat> the new dollar, Fed now and US Treasuries, USTs, not retail CBDCs. Right. Um I don't I don't see so yeah maybe I'm messing up my own my own jargon here. Um I don't see there being a direct issue in retail central bank digital currency. I see it as being, you know, what basically Fed now is going to do um, to this this private bank, you know, system. Um, and basically, what it's going to do is, yeah, it's going to turn all of you know the banking system is entirely about, you know, treasuries and cash, basically. Yeah. Um, treasuries and dollars. Um, and obviously, you know, there's some other assets and investments and, you know, then obviously you create debt and mortgages and all this shit. But for the most part, the majority of it is, uh, you know, this security exchange, treasuries exchange, uh, and then dollar balances and dollar exchange. So, so what Fed now really, what's actually, so, go ahead, please. So, so Fed now, uh, is, is an interbank communications network. So it is a lot of the things that I think like, like people are so obsessed with the direct government issued um, like axiom of the panopticon that I think they're missing that. It's like, well, yeah, FedNow isn't going to have a token. FedNow doesn't need a token. 
Fed now is 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 an upgrade at, of the velocity of communication and cash and security exchange that is backstopped by the Fed 24/7 365. It, it's um, we could just say is it's slow as fuck and it's outdated. Yeah. And exactly. And this wholesale CBDC is the makeover that's been well overdue for decades. Yes, but I would say I, I again I would still hesitate like it, wholesale even saying wholesale CBDC. When, when I like, say wholesale, I, I just mean as you say between financial institutions right. so they can uh, settle with themselves quicker and right. they can make payroll at right. 5 p.m. So so I do think there will be some some form of like synthetic treasury or something yeah. obviously they have to have some mechanism of, of transfer sure. uh, but there isn't like a new asset being introduced into the equation Correct. it's still just it's you know it's the, updated faster rails exactly exactly updated faster rails um, yeah. yeah and there's like no new thing being issued it's just like let's take those treasury bonds that have basically been in the exact same form since the like 1800s mm-hmm. let's 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 turn them into at least like email like, yeah, uh, quick quickness yeah. basically. So, so um, quick question on this. Do you think that this yeah. is going to replace like the T plus three or whatever, or do you think they're still going to have those in place? Cause I, I'm kind of talking out my ass right now, to be honest, but I think the T plus one or whatever, those delay or those days after the transaction I think that those are also in place for security purposes and checking the transaction, making sure just avoiding fraud, but it's also, you know, cumbersome. And when you make a money order or a wire transfer, it takes a while. Again, I think that time delay is days. Yeah. 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 It's, I, I it's mean, part of, it's like days, the HTLC yeah. of, uh, <laughs> but, but I also yeah, think that those, security mechanism, I think those are, are, uh, put up there for, fraudulent reasons um but is that something that you thought of about like if, if this uh, cbdc would replace that specifically or do you think they'll keep them i haven't thought about anything about that specifically but i mean <clears throat> this will be uh it's funny because i think they're kind of doing it uh under the guise of this is the safest way to keep the business models of regional small regional banks still alive yeah. is like let's basically create a, 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 a an infinity pool of liquidity of both reverse repo and repo so basically cash and security and treasuries um and let's mean let's make it so that everybody doesn't just drift into like the big american four um and we can make it so that uh you know smaller banks have access to all the same liquidity uh, via the Fed as, you know, a JP Morgan who doesn't need any liquidity at all, um, you know, so they can still compete, um, you know, in lending and, 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 and borrowing capital. Gotcha. Um, so I don't know much about the mechanisms uh, specifically, actually, mm-hmm. as much as I should of, of, of how treasuries are exchanged now. I've really just kind of looked into how they're going to be exchanged um, <clears throat> and kind of thinking about what, what, what Fed now will do. Um, so I, I don't have a good answer on that, but that's a, that's a good question. I don't know, but I do think it will obviously by creating this system of all fed partners and fed federal reserve banks. Um, I do think it will mediate and mitigate rather fraud pretty well. Um, assuming, you know, 
they they even remotely uh you know <clears throat> put, put some good security on on their communication network which of course they will um so i think it will mitigate probably a lot of that um and it'll be interesting also how it interacts as like a non-walled garden right like what does this mean for dollar creation that's occurring right now outside of the purview of the fed you know this offshore dollar shit you know what does this right. mean for libor or, or or for the euro dollar market rather and for so um, which i think we were about so to get into yeah. yeah yeah so basically jp says status of the dollar as the world reserve currency is very important uh and then also says we will not support a central bank digital currency for individuals it will be intermediated by the banks um and then you know we're kind of getting into this king making mechanism and sort of like how we're looking at yes it's not all a big club but there are definitely clubs and we're beginning to see actual serious i mean this this is this shit is no joke like this is the big these are the biggest moves the US dollar system on the whole um you know has made against offshore dollar creation uh, you know, obviously, I think you kind of you you started at the raising of rates uh, and this is a very aggressive hike that we've been seeing for the last year or whatever. Um, and obviously, that has huge effects on 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 dollar, uh, you know, volatility and purchasing power across the world um, and within the United States. And so you're seeing that it's kind of the first thing. No one. A lot of people got caught with their pants down, seemingly. Um, which is interesting. Um, and so now here we are. Um, yes, we had a pause. Obviously, I think both of us still assume higher or longer. Um, but we're seeing a pause, which is 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 a signal in, in the in the sense of, you know, the Fed is in some way happy a little bit of where they are and they're being patient and they're making their moves and they're seeing how a lot of this stuff plays out. Because as much control as people can have on rates and things and whatever, it's these are still markets, and the buyers and sellers still are generally played out. Um, it's all micro. It just feels like macro, but this is all micro. Um, and uh, we're now seeing like the DOJ and the SEC, um, you know, kind of beginning beginning to come out and and start picking off, uh, you know, these people that have been out, you know, outside of regulation. Uh, you know, say of 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 like the SEC and in, in the case of, um, you know, Paxos is, uh, you know, BUSD, the Binance issued stable coin. Um, we're now seeing BlackRock, uh, you know, the, the largest asset manager um, in the world has filed for a spot ETF, um, which, again, doesn't necessarily mean anything's happening super soon, but it's a signal. Of course, as for a spot ETF that that, that uh, you know BlackRock has this incredibly strong track record of getting things past the the finish line when they file, um, and so we're seeing the SEC at the same time moving uh, against Coinbase for brokering unregistered securities, obviously at Binance. Um, we obviously just saw a whole bunch of crap the last few days with you know the. Uh, 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 the custodian stuff with, with prime trust, but that, that's kind of out of the purview of this, but we're seeing like a lot of moves happening here, a lot of re regulatory signal um, that to me is very obviously kind of leading towards 
okay, we're, we're, we're entering a new era here. Um, you know, Fed now is a state change. Um, it's not as obvious of a state change as, you know, if, if Biden came out on the TV tomorrow and put up a QR code and was like, every U.S. citizen download this and you, here's your new federal account, you know, it's not that obvious. Um, but it is a state change to the dollar. As we're seeing the regulatory arms of the dollar system, you know, begin to to uh, pick off, uh, you know, offshore dollar creators. Um, and that's really what what these things are. I mean, uh, Binance um, with their BUSD, uh, you know, last year, you know, kind of just kind of came out and was like, hey, you know, we're big enough. We can start our own stable coin. Um, and we're going to close all of these USDC positions and tether positions. And, um, you know, if you're if you don't close these open, like even leverage positions, if you don't close these positions by this certain time, you know, we're, we're closing them and, and replacing your balance with the USD, which is a um, that's a huge I mean, Binance is, is a humongous company with a mm -hmm. lot of of uh, of ins and outs and just a lot of, uh, you know, ability to, to kind of stimulate uh capital creation you know via the the reserves and 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 deposits um and the way i sort of look at it is the u.s government is now realizing you know okay stable coins are here to stay <clears throat> they're an important part of the dollar market a lot of people around the world are now getting access to dollar denominated liabilities but they're but but now these are all these offshore banks that are holding the paper um, that maybe isn't even U.S. paper um, in the case of some of these, and they're creating dollars, and we don't like that, and that's our that's our racket. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna go after Binance. We're gonna go after um, you know, and, and and go after you know the European banking system, and we're gonna bring it all back and reshore the dollar, um, reshore the levers of manipulation of overnight. Um, you know, security trades, um, and basically bring capital creation um, back from, uh, you know, like a zero interest rate policy, obviously, you know, it brings the cost of capital uh, or cost of borrowing to, to, to zero. Um, and so a whole lot of capital creation and dollar denominated liabilities just got spread all across the world. And then, when you have a you know a recession and a downturn or you know something like COVID and and you 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 have a, a huge demand for cash <clears throat> and you have a even more outstanding dollar liabilities, it causes a, basically a short squeeze on the dollar, um, which is basically what we saw right after COVID. Um, there was a huge dollar like the Dixie was just ripped, 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 ripped up until like September of last year, um, and uh, it was it was ridiculous. Um, and so we saw a stronger dollar because of kind of the mechanisms of what was happening um, by raising interest rates um, and uh, yeah, basically taking the, uh, the, the greedy, yeah, people saw 0% interest rates, assumed it would go on forever um, and just started crunching out dollars um, all across the world. And then the Fed said, no, nope, here, we're going to, we're going to raise rates a ton destroy all of those, those unbacked liabilities, bring them all back home, which they did. Now they pause, they chill, and then they look out and they just start sniping and picking off the, <laughs> the dollar creators uh, that are using stable coins. Um, it, to me, that's very, you know, that's, that's very, that's a mechanical thing. 
Um, mm-hmm. It's a very like premeditated thing. Um, and if there's anything we've kind of learned as being like dollar studiers or, or macro boys or whatever, it's like the U.S. dollar system will do whatever it needs to do to protect the purchasing economy and the banking system uh, and the basically the treasury market mm-hmm. um, of, of the U.S. dollar. Of, of, um, well, they'll do whatever it takes. Um, and now they're kind of playing their cards. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's really fascinating again. And it's like, it's all kind of coming at the same time. It's like, whatever the hell is going on with the brick stuff, which I'm not even that hip to necessarily, but like they're about to, they have a big announcement coming out, I think in August um, about whatever kind of currency or thing they're going to do. Um, I think in general, this idea of de-dollarization is, is a, is a, is, is copium or hopium, depending on which way you look at it. It's yeah. like, I think we're getting, it's, it's re-dollarization as far as I can tell. Absolutely. Um, and that's with really the mechanisms that are being brought out is like, this is the re-dollarization of the world mm-hmm. and stable coins are the fastest, um, you know, the, the, the best way basically to get and spread the debt uh and 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 the buying of 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 u.s debt uh all across the world and now you've got uh you got people out there cheering for the adoption of stable coins via the global south via indonesia via right you know whatever um as sort of this kind of like hey this is so great it's a great technology now they have access to mm-hmm. better money which obviously in many ways is true but we're perpetuating um you know this kind of ridiculous system um that has done a lot of nasty things to uh you know american citizens and obviously of course the world yeah Um, yeah. so it it gets a little blurry when you kind of get into that where it's like yeah i want people in venezuela to be able to not have their money inflating away uh like a like an ice cube on a you know Mm -hmm. a, a july day in la but uh do i want to like perpetuate kind of the industrial military complex that is backed by the you know this this treasury selling this is your friendly reminder to rate subscribe if you they say the best things they come in threes like rate subscribe if you if you rate it five stars we can raise a bar subscribe so you can stay in tune Don't forget at the very end to leave a nice review. Something like I love you, Sue. Rate, subscribe, review, please. Thank you. When you raise rates, you basically bankrupt the military industrial complex. And that's what I believe Pal is very conscious of because he knows that he's going to war. And so the Mm -hmm. faster he can go longer for hire, then the more we don't have war as a potential option in our future. Um, mm. So there, there's a few things that you said, and, and, and I want to draw a parallel. So first off, these uh, crypto dollars, I'm really not sure uh, to this extent how detrimental the creation of those are right now after FTX is to of all of these crypto dollars uh, being created offshore beyond the Fed's control. I, what the Fed wants to do is, of course, be in control of the crypto dollars and offshore dollars uh, by um, really namely 
controlling which stable coins get to choose to live, as we said, mm-hmm. the Fed wants to pick favorites, but also be able to control the price of them. And that is what I believe Silver is going to do. But it's interesting when you go back and you think about what CZ at Binance did when he said, I'm going to sell the FTT token and have, uh, you know, be USD, be uh, more dominant and blah, blah, blah. Then, yeah, you kind of have the fall FT, FTX happen from there and all this other contagion and him trying to make that move to have BUSD more dominant, maybe that didn't really work out in his favor as we can, you know, look at t- today. But I think, I think it's, well, it's interesting, interesting wrinkle there though, the day, two days before the FTT sale and all that shit went down, Sam did go on a podcast and said that FTX was looking to start a stable coin. And you could kind of look at yeah. that as being like, Oh, that's when CZ was like, yoink. I, I, no, I know what your books are. Exactly. It, it's yeah. great. Um, so the parallel I want to make here is the Fed kind of did the same thing with LIBOR and introducing SOFR because uh, all this offshore dollar creation up until January of 2022, all of that was indexed to LIBOR, which was much more manipulated, but LIBOR is still kind of the bitch of the Fed funds rate domestically in the United mm-hmm, States. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. However, now, uh, January 1st of 2022, we started to slow roll out SOFR, which is replacing LIBOR. And it, it was just kind of a, a similar parallel like rug pull that, uh, you know, CZ Binance did and, and the Fed did because LIBOR is actually out the, the door two days from uh, us recording this and probably on the day that I dropped this episode Boom. on June 30th, LIBOR is oh, out wow. the door. And, you gotta have a death to LIBOR party. Yeah, we should. It should be like <laughs> marked on the calendar, but I, I just thought that <laughs> parallel was very interesting, but it's not so much that the fed wants to destroy all these crypto dollars. They do, but they want to be able to, have some of them destroyed and and pick favorites in a way. And I don't think and, all I don't think all parties are actually going after Binance specifically because of that. I think that there are factions like the SEC is would be Davos globalist kind of faction. And I think FTX was basically propped up in a way to go after Binance's lunch. Uh, SBF Sam Bankman Fraud wanted to make friends with cz and get him under the same wing of regulations that ftx was lobbying for and gary gunsler mm-hmm. was very buddy buddy with the whole ftx squad if you will and family mm-hmm. ties <clears throat> as well mm-hmm. and i in a way think that yes maybe binance is kind of like a front for the ccp and their money creation Sure, we can argue that. I think that's actually what was what was and is going on. But I also don't think that the Fed necessarily is going after Binance CZ as, as much as other entities within Washington are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm just kind of making it more murky, but I don't think it's all crystal clear that... Um, 
because you have to think Binance CZ, what they're doing is a direct competitor with the other stable coins, USDC Circle, who right. majority, um, majority, I think a majority, uh, BlackRock basically owns Circle, right? And so, yeah, I, I, I certainly a stake. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so it would kind of be like Binance dumping on all this real offshore globalist money creation by dumping FTT token and ruining the Ponzi scheme money laundering uh, chicanery that was going through Ukraine back to FTX, back to the Democratic Party. It was kind of like Binance was acting as a useful idiot for Team Fed. He was trying to mm-hmm. create and um, destroy all the money laundering offshore dollars. Yeah, and I that, see that as more likely that of nuance. I see, I, want to add. I see that as much more likely than the like finances CCP. I think the useful idiot of the Fed is much more plausible, in my opinion. Um, but we'll obviously see how this all plays out. We're just dudes with the internet. Who knows? Yeah, but. Um, and I also think it's interesting that you talk about, you know, bringing it back to, to so far and the rates and it's like, yeah, I did want to ask think, you about this. Yeah. Well, but also I think it's so interesting cause it's like, maybe it isn't about destroying like dollar, like liabilities on balance sheets, but it's much more about, yeah, controlling the rate of money and getting their piece and their cut. No, of, but Mark, Mark, that, that's exactly well. That's exactly what it is. They want to replace LIBOR with SOFR because you demonstrated in your article the importance of the dollar remaining the world reserve currency, regardless of how much debt is being sold internationally. If if the dollar was to lose that status entirely, then we would have a world in chaos, which BRICS nations and everyone else doesn't want. And so SOFR being a collateralized market-based rate that is i don't even want to say controlled by the u.s it is controlled but not like in this authoritarian central planner direct thing it is established through a collateralized rate between what financial institutions whether it's money markets or banks or whatever i'm not entirely sure but it's based on something real real market activity of these Mm -hmm. institutions settling with each other and so right. because and it's influenced that is, by the it, federal rate, but it's not set by the federal rate. Wait, right? I, I'm sorry. What were you saying? Like it is still a, like kind of what you were saying. It's a market based rate that's still, you know, every night. And, uh, you know, there's like, you know, you you agree upon the rate at which you want to lend them your securities. To but get it's based on market. Balance. It's based on market activity where LIBOR was exactly. the complete opposite. It was right. central bankers. Was just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 12 it, monkeys go in a room and agree on a number and yeah. then walk out and that's the rate. Yeah. Um yeah, exactly. So so, so so that's a state change. Yeah. So there there was a specific like part in the article that just kind of po- popped out at me. So mm-hmm. Fed now stated to launch next month serves multiple purposes, but perhaps none as important as creating a much more efficient lever for the Fed to have 365 24/7 control on overnight banking rates such as SOFR, effectively settling the cost of borrowing short-term liquidity between fractionalized private banks attempting to meet their depositors' withdrawals. And just the main thing that kind of popped out 
and I just wanted to get clarity from you and make sure, you know, you know, readers or listeners aren't confused is that again, SOFR is a market-based collateralized rate. And so using a CBC to control that rate to me, at least is antithetical to the entire concept of LIBOR because we're trying to move away from that direct central planning control of this rate to begin with. Oh, they're trying to move away from a bunch of other jabronis in Europe getting together and setting the rate, but it's right. still, it still is giving, it's a market-based rate, but it, it, it is the, the actual mechanisms of the exchange uh, of the securities and of the cash is now on these rails. Um, we're now seeing, uh, you know, the fed itself actually being able to be on either side of that, market-based rate via fed now um so i don't think it's i don't think it's antithetical i think it's like libor was literally a complete i mean jp morgan was i think the only representative from a u.s bank um in the dozen banks over there um it was it was completely out of the 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 purview of of the fed and this doesn't you know it, it it this brings it back to yeah, I think it is to, to the control of the Fed. Um, and that doesn't mean that like Jay Powell is sitting there with a dot plot and saying this is exactly what it is overnight, but it is influenced by mm -hmm. um, other federal rates. Yeah. Um, well, it, obviously it's, it's, in, it's, it's influenced by who owns the Fed, which are the banks. Sure. And, and based yeah. off of what they're doing with right. each other. So, so, yes, you're right that it is defanging the um it's a good point to get clarification on um because it's not um yeah it's like libor is is like a uh as a very like authoritarian monarchy uh sort of just like rule by edict thing closed room come out here's the rate good night um so far is 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 more uh there's more uh you know um, ability for for the banks themselves to actually be able to play in the market um of what that rate will be and and of what you know their repurchase agreement will be um but like don't don't make any mistake about it it's still bringing power back to the fed and the banks mm -hmm. that are get federal reserve status and who gets to do the repos who right. gets to you know participate in this and again, I think very importantly, the Fed has now basically set up a permanent, um, you know, repo facility, um, and is 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 now very often becoming, you know, kind of the lender um, of, of cash to to be able to meet, you know, and backstop, you know, banks that are having, you know, massive deposit withdrawals. We've seen yeah. that now a few times this year. Yeah. Um, they they were always the, sorry, uh, they were always a lender or buyer last resort. Now they actually right. control the price of that, though. Right. Right. And that's what that's what this all is. It's like like interest rates are the price of money. It's the cost of capital uh, of borrowing. Um, and so I think we're going to see some new interesting mechanisms, maybe that kind of come out of this symbiosis of of Fed now and and um, you know private issued dollars or like stable dollars or whatever we'll see you know i think maybe like the new you know federal funding rate or whatever in many ways could be like a usdc yield or something like a basically replace kind of the the interest rate yeah. uh, mechanism you would get 
um, by holding, you know, something in a, in a money market account or a checking account or, or whatever yeah. you're the thing you're the, the vehicle you're using to go get yield, um, whichever stable coin or private bank or money market account or whatever, who, whoever creates that mechanism. Um, and it could even be something like out of left field. Like we saw Apple pay come out and weren't they offering like four and a half percent or something like that for keeping your money in there. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing, you know, anybody that's holding treasuries and, and has any capacity to buy up treasuries. It's like, like now we're seeing Tether have excess, uh, you know, funds and they're like buying a Bitcoin and doing all this other shit with it. Cause it's like in treasuries, you know, you're, 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 yeah, you're getting five and a half percent or whatever. Yeah. Um, if we assume that rates are going to continue to have to go up higher, um, you know, until they like literally no longer can, um, we're going to see even more of that. And eventually that has to sort of trickle down to customers in some way. Um, you know, people will start offering 2% and they're still making three and a half. And then, okay, that, you know, like we don't fucking make anything on our checkings accounts. It's, it's like a joke. I remember as a kid, I kind of did. Um, I remember that. It was at least like something I noticed. It was a very small amount, but like I got money at the end yeah. of the month or whatever. Um, usually in the cents or like a dollar or something, but it happened. You know, I, that hasn't happened to me in 15 years or something. Um, and so eventually that will kind of trickle down uh, to the market. And I think like we'll kind of see, yeah, the, you know, perhaps even so quite literally as like, what is the yield on USDC in your, in your, uh, in your wallet? Uh, that is kind of like the new short-term interest rate sort of in a way. Um, yeah. It's kind of interesting. Now, Obviously well, the whole mechanism underlying it with, with treasuries will also be there. So the short-term interest rate will always be important, but it'll be kind of like a new, um, at least again, kind of a retail rate. Uh, yeah. Come up with the stable coin thing. No, I'll, I'll, I'll do one better. So Tom and Martin Armstrong, this is where he got this idea, but I had a shower epiphany, which I, uh, have talked about often is that so far you don't itself, shower come on i shower every shower up damn every day. day i'm just look, I'm look at this hair luxus lux locks like that i still <laughs> smell the conditioner from this morning so so far i think could replace the fed funds rate entirely because as martin armstrong has brought up the the initial structuring of the federal reserve system and the, the 12 regional banks the 12 regional Fed banks, well, there are 12 regional Fed banks because there are 12 regional economies within the U.S. that should have their own independent interest rate because they're, the economy of Texas isn't the same economy of California. Yeah, sure. And yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's just another example of why do we have this like monolithic dictatorial Fed funds rate when the economy should operate as it does? And that's a very white pilled bloomer view on the Fed now. It's like, hey, hey, what if we actually, instead of it just being one thing edict by one person, why we can use this tech to actually have regional based, you know, balkanized interest rate? Yeah. <laughs> um, do you actually see that happening? That's kind of interesting. I've never really thought about that. I would like it to. I mean, that that was my epiphany. Like, what the fuck are we doing with the Fed funds rate, Tom? And I like got out and I, I DM'd him. It's like, well, you know what? That's interesting because Martin Armstrong brings this up all the time. So I, I think yeah. it like 
this is why I get such a white pill about what Powell is doing. He is setting up the dominoes in place to fall in America's benefit of having complete monetary independence just from the American economy. And whoever isn't on board, they can go fuck themselves because they didn't hedge for this to even be possible. But others did. And so when you have raising rates that are wiping out Silicon Valley like banks and even though the, there's going to be a lot of pain and it's going to suck, there's even more opportunity now because private equity firms that benefited so much during ZERP, and I've written about this as well, uh, thanks to a bit that Danielle Dina Martino Booth talked about on a podcast like a month ago on um, Jack Farley's, I forget what it's called. Um, when we had ZERP, private equity ruled finance because during the fall of uh, during the great financial crisis and uh, uh, my God, I'm thinking of what the Paul uh, after Dove Frank and all these banks yeah. got super regulated. Right. You couldn't run your bank at like, like a circus willy nilly casino and so all as danielle explains there was a brain drain in banking and where did all where did all those guys go to run their casinos private equity and then that's where you had all these like venture capital like things going oh, on oh yeah Silicon it's, it's gotten even it's it's on crack now it's like yeah dude and all then, the brains are going to just vc yeah, bullshit and, and then that <laughs> extended into crypto and like ico shit sure and now yeah, yeah, yeah. With rates going up and all these these flyboys not expecting rates to go up as they did. The, the well, cost of borrowing going up. Yeah. yeah. Kind of mucks up everything. Yeah. yeah. They no longer have the monopoly in the market of, mm-hmm. of stealing all the deals. Now you have things like uh, pension funds and banks all these other actors that I'm still trying to learn about in the private market can come make deals. So let's take a bank who d- during ZERP and after Dodd-Frank, when they were incentivized to take on uh, commercial MBS and the treasuries that, that they bought were fine yielding with the duration that they produced because we didn't have rates past 5%. Well, right. now with rates going up, they have holes in their balance sheets because they have bad assets. So right. this, because private equity is out of the picture, uh, a pension can now come and buy these assets for pennies on the dollar. And they have like long-term duration and yield to cover their unfunded liabilities. And also, and also, in the bank, hold in the in the banks now have this cash to fill the holes on their balance sheet, and they can go buy new treasuries that produce yield. So uh, you have real market participants in the private economy being able to make deals with each other now. And Pal was basically putting this economic activity back in the hands of the private market, where 
that wasn't the case and these deals couldn't be made. So this isn't happening yet because the turmoil of commercial real estate hasn't completely bottomed out and it's, it, it is going to suck economically. We need to wait for all that to happen, but these yields can finally be made. And one last point put on this is that not as many banks are actually using the bank term funding program as people think. It's actually only a handful of banks that suffered being the commie Silicon Valley, San Francisco fed based banks and probably others. I don't know. Nobody knows who's going to that window because that was in the BTFP clause, right? It's anonymous for a year or whatever, but not as many. This is kind of like what I drew from the recent interview that Danielle did with Tom is not as many participants are actually using the bank term funding program because the cost to borrow from the Fed is too high because it's north of five and a half percent now. So they're not going to go to the Fed window. And no, it's not QE or money printing retards on Twitter who think it is because they can get that money from the Fed, but at a price and that's north of five and a half percent. So where are they going to go? They're going to go to someone in the private market to get that loan and fill the hole on their balance sheet. That's not happening yet, though, because we still have to wait for commercial real estate to bottom out. But Powell essentially has put the the economic power back in the hands of the private market. And this, uh, again, like another like white pill thing. Powell is using these monetary tools, putting them in place, just like on the timeline, one by one by one. And as things unfold, those resources and tools are essentially there for good actors in the economy to leverage no pun intended and just like like it's all of that is true for sure to a degree and then also it's like higher rates mean that you don't you don't even you're not you're less forced to speculate and you can literally just buy treasuries and it's like you get fucking five and a half percent you know compounded you know, over a while is, is pretty great. <clears throat> you know, that, that, that's not a bad, uh, that's not a bad yield. Um, and, and, and to add on to that. So, you know, Danielle brought this up too, but so 80% of someone's retirement or like, you know, private wealth management, their client, 80% is probably going to go to treasuries to play safe. And then the other 20%, where can they go? Well, they can go to those companies that are taking advantage of filling the holes in their balance sheet. Yeah. Or as as Tom's been saying lately, you know, buying Shell right now at the prices that it's at is probably a good buy. Anything like commodity, energy, not, I don't want to say anything. And this isn't financial advice, people. But uh, yeah. we're going to have a... You're saying people. I should buy Shell? <laughs> we're... we're if if war, if Powell does foresee war in the future and he's raising rates to prevent it and these neocons who have hate, hated Russia arguably for centuries because that feud goes back that far back, the British Empire fighting against the Russian Empire, these people want war with the global south to take back the heartland because he who owns the heartland owns the world. Like that has been the British Empire's foreign policy since day one, as Mackinder Hartland theory says, or John Mackinder laid out in like the 
early 1900s. And so if you don't think war is on the horizon, you should probably think again. Like, I don't want, I'm not the zero hedge guy. I'm not going to throw out doom and gloom scenarios, but these people want blood. They, they hate Russians. They hate yeah. the South. And they, as Tom says, they want them to be the help. They want their shit and they want Chinese to make cheap stuff. And the Indians to be our IT department. And that's how they own everything. And we own nothing to be happy. Like that's essentially what they want. And they will get that. Yeah, but I, but don't you think a lot of that, the mechanisms that have created that sort of relationship have come from dollar denominated like loans and like, are you just like, yeah, dollar denominated dollar denominated loans that were tied to LIBOR. I mean, also some tied to not LIBOR. I mean, I think just washing the hands of the U S entirely within the like, colonialization and globalization and imperialistic activity so you have to uh, you have to keep in mind is... you have to keep in mind that the united states or as uh some like to say the sovereignty's plut- plutocrats being the commercial banking sector pal whatever they don't want war because it's just bad for business and so however during times of war actually no scratch but that. then we have like what's going on in the ukraine right now yeah, so I mean, it, 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 there's Pal- sort of a fractal mac, you know, of like Vietnam, uh, you know, being this, you know, knowingly unwinnable kind of scenario. You know, we we found that out in the Pentagon Papers. You know, it was they they weren't intending to win, um, but it was used as a mechanism, basically, to to launder money. We saw that with Afghanistan, um, and now yeah. we're kind of seeing a similar situation. Yeah, but so Pal, like, Pal, Pal, and Diamond aren't those people, right? Okay, that that is they're what the they're biggest shareholders again. of the Fed. I mean, Jamie Diamond is the biggest shareholder of the Fed, basically. Yeah, you, you don't you, you think those wings of of kind of the the <laughs> fiduciary branch versus the the legislative or executive or whatever is um. You know, they're, they're totally separate beasts. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because Mark, look, look at it this way: Janet Yellen is the Treasury Secretary, a Biden appointee. Right. right. Yellen and Powell have been going head to head for this whole episode. Or they're doing a very good punch and Judy. Uh, like sort of a marionette show for you. No, it, you, I'm a little more doomer pilled than than you. I think in regards to that, you, like, you can't I, I, say I, I, that I don't when. Trust, yeah, so I can't. Uh, of course, I can. Don't, don't no, 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 no. So Mark, Mark, I Mark, say look, Mark. Look, look at it this way. Sure. All these stimulus shit came from Congress and the Treasury that they put on Powell's lap, and he had to deal with. So all the COVID spending and all the money printing go burr was blamed on Powell. And this was also him trying to get reappointment. And so this was political warfare. All this is political warfare. And so Powell got the- But Jerome Powell was nominated by one party and re-nominated by the other. So was Bernanke. So was Greenspan. Yeah, I know. So because, was Volcker. Well, I know, but they were just trying to put it off for as long as, as they could. Like they yeah. Like COVID was a hit job on the Fed. 
as I, I wrote about in the yeah article. I and and one yeah, one I, more one more thing to, to think about this. If you subscribe to the theory that as Yellen is selling all of the short term debt and right. it's, she's doing yield curve control, that is basically benefiting the European Central Bank or Lagarde. Because if you look at the credit spreads of the German 10 year and the like 10 year US Treasury, <laughs> on paper, the German 10 year is more valuable. German debt apparently is more valuable than United States debt. And the reason of, for that is because Yellen is, is selling short-term debt and buying 10-year debt. Right. And so this only favors Lagarde, who is probably the only one that is bidding for European debt. They're doing this tango to lower the credibility of the United States financial system and monetary credibility. I mean, yeah, possible. I mean, I don't think they're going to, they're doing a very good job. <clears throat> um, I, I obviously... well, no, I mean, they're running out of options because Lagarde yeah. can't manage credit spreads and also defend the Euro at the same time. Cause right. There's only so much money. Yeah, but what also, I mean, you can also look at, I mean, the dollar has its own issues too. Um, well, yeah. And it, and it has its own debt service to deal with. And I think in many ways you could argue, I think you could look at the COVID thing in a lot of ways. And I know it kind of gets off the beaten track here, but I mean, I don't think it's necessarily 100% like COVID was a globalist hit on the Fed. It's like, it very well could be, a, a total understanding and, and co you know, I get, I understand your thesis of it's not a big club and I respect that in a lot of ways, but also I think it's possible that there are some pretty big clubs and there is a lot of, uh, I mean, the world shut down in lockstep, the world destroyed rates, interest rates in lockstep. Um, and, you know, the U S dollar kind of just dominated uh, the entire I mean, it was just ridiculous, the surge of, of, of relative purchasing power of the dollar. Um, I don't know necessarily right, but, but if that what it, but would what have happened without a mass worldwide stimulus and a mass rush to zero or even negative interest rates across the world. And I think that's something that absolutely benefited the dollar. Uh, well, yeah, and, but at, at the expense of ruining the credibility of the Fed, which is what Jerome Powell is fighting to restore. And that's why he's going longer for higher, higher for longer, because he's trying right. to get back credibility. And he's also right. uh, on his crusade to end the Fed put, which the Fed put mm -hmm. is what gave us that stimulus because it was forced upon him by Congress. Mm -hmm. So this whole globalist, like one big club idea to strengthen the dollar was at the expense of ruining the Fed's credibility by printing all that money directly to the consumer. But they had to print. I mean, they were going to have to print all that money anyway. I, I mean, mean, yeah, of course, no but they didn't, they but they didn't it. have to go to 0% interest rates. The Bernanke I mean, doctrine, it, it the, Berner, the Bernanke doctrine of ZERP, like pal, as soon as he got to the federal reserve board in 2012, as Danielle talks about this constantly, he's like, 
this two percent thing is is one the two percent target is stupid but also that the fed can't purchase assets from entities unless if rates are at zero percent is completely idiotic like this has been his his mindset ever since and so it like it these are not all the same people like Bernanke and Yellen are not cut from the same cloth as Powell. <laughs> and so that's why okay. even basically he's like, we didn't need to go to 0% because if you go to 0% interest rates, as Daniel says, you, you're molding monetary and fiscal policy together. So why had the federal reserve yeah. in the first place? It's so they can sell trillions of dollars of treasuries and not have to pay up the butt uh, in those 18 months before they started hiking again. And that was when all the massive stimulus was. Yeah, but why would Jerome Powell actually, like, I'll say ideologically, be down with going to 0% interest rates? I mean, if, everyone, if that- I mean... Zero percent interest rates is essentially a retail CBDC, which is what we saw with all the stimulus, like direct to people's bank accounts. We did, yeah, but, but he we, doesn't give a shit. It's not about people's bank accounts. It's about like yes, like it servicing is. the budget of the United States. It's about, uh, you know, it's it's about a lot of things. I mean, I, I think the financial stimulus aspect of it, in terms of direct issuing to people's banks, is. It, I, but I, is, I don't, it's I don't fiscal. know if that's real. It's fiscal okay. and it upended whatever authority the Fed had because rates were at 0% and it was direct liquid injection through fiscal policy to the- And then the Fed just stood up and completely took over the world by raising rates super fast. And I mean, I don't think it ruined, yeah. I mean- I, I like No, it. it did ruin the Fed's credibility. Otherwise, Jerome Powell wouldn't have done it. Wouldn't have done what? Raise rates the way he did. He had to unfuck all the stimulus that was created. Yeah, they had to unfuck the inflation, which they had to print and print a bunch of money to service their debt. And so they did. And then that kicked the can out a little bit. And now we got some years, we got a couple years and they're jacking rates up again as high as they can, as long as they can. And then they're going to have to do it again. That's, That's what this is. The cycles are just compressing. And I think this idea that I don't know. I think you could very much so look at uh, COVID as sort of controlled demolition of the 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 you know expanding debt uh, issue and the budget. You know, like like the um, yeah the, the federal budget of the United States. The, the debt. Why basically. why would Jerome Powell be on board with controlled demolition? I mean, controlled demolition in that it's happening. Like they could either just default. And go th- run through the debt limit and blow everything up, or they could do exactly what they did and bring rates to zero, print trillions of dollars or you know trillions of dollars of, of reserve assets, and and have capital creation occur in the private bank sector, and then well, they the don't need to print. The they don't two years. They don't need to print any more reserves, and the the whole thing of so like the. The, the I don't want to say the the last white pill. I, I think this is like should be called the golden pill. Is that yes? Is 
is the United States in debt to its eyeballs? Sure. But absolutely. But it's more U.S. debt, despite that, is still more credible than any other debt in the world. And you don't need to be completely debt free. You just need to be more valuable than everyone else on the global playing field. And so and so I think that there's a lot of like sovereign buying of debt that people are underestimating that can occur to to increase the value of treasuries as well who's as gonna buy who who's but the amount of money we need we're gonna need to be able to print to service this debt this 32 trillion dollars that's now the know, way that you do uh, that the way that you do that as uh vince blanchi and uh tom longo said is that you throw gold out onto the yield curve which basically there is a gold redemption clause and you further increase and you further increase the value of treasuries and you also might one back treasuries with not only gold but also with bitcoin or whatever basket of commodities and you can't yeah, they... completely be debt free cuz again that would just cause a bunch of chaos but danielle has also said you know maybe down the road we uh, what, what is it like we we shortened the, the balance sheet by not like seven trillion but like you know a trillion down decade like it essentially it doesn't matter as long as credibility is restored and and uh your your debt is basically better than everyone else's and that that is essentially why Jerome Powell's mission is to end the Fed put. Yeah, I I mean they could they could obviously just set gold to being thirty five thousand dollars an ounce and and pay off the debt tomorrow and make a whole bunch of other people super rich and and do it. Yeah, of course they could do stuff like that, but um, I don't. Well, they can't do it tomorrow. I mean, this has to be like a gradual thing, doesn't it? I mean, I'm saying if it's like it, it, the the like basically what you're arguing is that you know, or not, I don't know, but just like the 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 debt is the num- the numerical debt isn't the issue. They could solve that with a couple clever things. Like, yes, the gradual way to do that would be to introduce, I guess, a commodity, you know, back thing into the yield, you know, sort of using gold. Um, and setting the price of it super high and jacking it up and then setting that. Um, and they could do that with Bitcoin. That obviously, you know, getting back to the article, the last kind of part of it was about the the change, potential change coming of capital requirements um, and this kind of ba- Basel three bullshit. Um, Basel? Basel? And, I never really knew. Um. Oh, no. I've heard uh, both, I, I, whatever. Yeah, I, I've heard both too. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to deal. I, I I don't know. I think this idea that it doesn't matter as long as you're a little bit more credible than the other people is true up until like you can only kind of run that for so long. And then yeah, eventually sure. the math does catch up. And I think this, I think we're getting pretty damn close to the point where the math is catching up. Um, there's there's a lot of resurfacing and 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 uh, you know this increase of rates has affected the timeline of yeah but I to, mean you know yeah it's gonna catch up but like not in our lifetime I don't think 
Uh, I mean, I definitely disagree. Um, I think like, I, I'm much maybe than you think. Maybe at the end of the day, no one yeah. really knows. But maybe, uh, maybe I'm conflating as a our our uh, acquaintance friend, whatever you want to call him, Magoo, says that the dollar itself has a, another like eighty years to a century to survive. But yeah, you know, I, maybe. Good. Sorry. Finish. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't well, see the dollar. maybe chaos ensues between then. Who knows? Yeah, I don't. I don't see the dollar going away in our lifetime at all. I think it will. It will. It will exist. But I think the the power that it has in a lot of ways, um, and its debt being a very attractive thing, is that's potentially more up 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 for debate. Because the way that I look at the system here, I don't see gold playing much of a role at all. Um, I, I I sort of look at it as this Bitcoin dollar mechanism and bitcoin in many ways as a demand inelastic reserve asset is suited to be an interbanking inter inter central bank um reserve asset like a settlement network that really does defang the fed in a lot of ways and and does sort of take away the credibility of you know if you have this demand inelastic energy commodity that's increasing in purchasing power as more and more and more dollars um, are getting printed. It's like, like that sort of like the, the, the way I sort of see the showdown kind of coming is, is it's, it's, is the dollar system going to understand that it needs to basically have that other asset that, you know, that is demand inelastic or, or at least more demand controlled like gold or like Bitcoin, is it going to adopt a technology like that for it to basically debase itself into. Um, and I think Bitcoin is very much so poised for that. And the U.S. is much more poised, I think, for a massive appreciation in Bitcoin purchasing power mm-hmm. um, over every other country in the world than if it was gold. Like a lot of people would get incredibly rich if gold, um, you know, went up to $35,000 or, you know, 10x yeah. you know, in the next three weeks or whatever. Well, I mean, well, it's not going to happen that soon, but I agree with you on Bitcoin. Yeah, I'm being hyperbolic, I al- yeah. I, but I also agree that they're going to do this with gold first because, I mean, it, like central banks have been buying record amounts of gold for a reason. So they're going to do stick with what but they know first. Hmm? But maybe they're wrong. I mean, that's the thing. It's like if the, if, the U.S. is basically faking this whole anti-Bitcoin thing, and now they're going to turn. And if they like adopt it in a very serious way, uh, in that they allow all of these private banks like BNY Mellon and all these people that are like some of the biggest asset custodian uh, banks. You know, BNY Mellon literally is the biggest custodian bank in the world. Um, seeing them buy a whole bunch of Bitcoin and then watching that appreciate, and then seeing how much dollar liabilities they need to have on their balance sheet because of that you've created a mechanism for the u.s to debase itself pay off its debt inflate into a demand inelastic energy commodity that's bitcoin that's by far and away predominantly held in the united states and by like i don't know like how many people do you think have like reasonable bitcoin stacks like 
50,000 people or something <laughs> like yeah like maybe, maybe 100,000 it's yeah. I mean, it's so much smaller than we think you know whereas yeah. gold it's like you know gold would make so many central banks rich a lot of people rich like bitcoin it's a very it's we i think we think well yeah that's the point they, they 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 want to suppress the price of bitcoin as long as they can right. to buy more and so right. they'll probably buy more with their gold profits yeah very that's that's true very possible that'd be interesting to see uh, what, uh, that guy that I mentioned at the beginning, my like anarchist zero head, you know, he's like, he's with you. He's like, gold's going to be first. They're going to do gold. So it I, only I, makes sense. And it, it would be the easiest way for them to, to fill the holes on their balance sheet. Cause they already have it on their balance sheet. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, but I, I think either way, we both agree, like something is coming here. Like there's going to be kind of a, a, a change to the, um, yeah, to the to the to the dollar system and the reserve asset system, and Fed now is a huge part of it, and now we'll kind of see how that evolves into like actual central bank assets, and then you know private equity capital requirements. Yeah, that was kind of the end of the article. Was Basel three, um, which basically, um, you know, is a is an international banking requirement that. He has now signaled, you know, it's something that's been tossed around a lot, but this was kind of the first, as far as I can tell or realize, certainly in recent memory uh, of Powell anyway, talking about it, um, of saying that that's a regulation that, um, you know, the U.S. should go ahead and implement. And I think it's interesting he says that at the same time that he talks about, you know, sort of the Fed having to play a big role in stable coins, kind of all paints to this like similar kind of scenario that we're talking to where it's like, these are central bank games and how do we continue basically the, the cycle of <clears throat> treasury buying and capital creation on top of it. Um, and Basel three would basically require, uh, it, uh, I, I've seen a couple different things, but I've seen some that it's equal dollar to dollar requirement. I've seen some that it's like 25, 20%. Um, but Basically, it, 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 it increases your demand for dollar liabilities if you have dollar-denominated asset valuation increased. So if you had a bunch of gold on the books or a bunch of Bitcoin, however this plays out, and it increases in purchasing power, say, because of some sort of formal adoption or some window, uh, uh, you know, um, you, you, the banks would be required to hold dollar liabilities to offset this speculative uh, asset. Um, it, you know, just it, you know, basically as a tilting regulation in favor of keeping people buying treasuries and keeping dollar-denominated liabilities, and and that's you know kind of a mechanism we've seen before with other energy commodities, with oil, um, in this kind of different way. Um, that petrodollar system, again, not a capital requirement, but you're basically created a, a monopoly on the ins and outs um, of this, you know, obviously incredibly highly demanded energy economy or uh, commodity. Say we recreate something very similar um, with Bitcoin. This little wrinkle kind of here that just was sprinkled out in this comment by, by Powell would 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 again set up the U.S. for if there's a, a Cambrian explosion of private issued stable coins and say a, a, a huge evaluation increase 
and purchasing power of Bitcoin. Now we have a, 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 a you know, a, a necessary capital requirement to hold dollars. So it kind of like, again, I, I always thought it's funny that Tether is called Tether, but it's like, we're seeing like, as Bitcoin is kind of floating away, it's like the dollar is, is really trying to grip itself to it. Um, mm -hmm. And I, and I really, obviously I'm a Bitcoiner for many reasons, but I, 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 I don't imagine the U.S. dollar system missing Bitcoin. I don't see them fucking up this incredibly important moment. I think we're very lucky to be here at this moment, as crazy as everything is, and as much as all this shit sucks, too. It's like, this is a very exciting, like, volatility phase shift um, of basically the, the U.S. dollar homogeny we've, you know, kind of been under the last hundred or so years more um and i just don't see them fucking it up yeah um so i i kind of I mean, see that yeah go for it no i'm in your article like basel three lays out how the u.s hedges itself and strengthens the dollar like you say yeah basel three would require any bank wanting to hold bitcoin or other digital assets or even gold would also be required to hold an equal part dollar to dollar denominated valuation of their investments so Want to run a responsible bank and meet capital requirements while also holding Bitcoin on your balance sheet? Better be prepared to also hold a lot of dollars. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, it's a white so, pill. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, again, I think it just depends on how you look at the... I, 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 I There's just like a part of me that's just so anti-state and just like hates the, the... There's like a lot of you know, because these are still central bankers. They're still money manipulators. You know, it's like I'm not like a fan of Powell, even though I definitely understand why some of the choices were, you know, like I'm not I'm, I'm going to let him cook, you know, but it's like I, I I hesitate to say it's a white pill. And, and I definitely see it as like the U.S. dollar system is under is understanding that they need to continue this treasury Ponzi of sorts. And they need to make sure that if there's this technological adoption and this state change of money in Bitcoin, if this shit does pop off in the way it very possibly will, how is the dollar going to survive? And this is exactly how it survived. It, yeah. it takes a huge role in stable coins and it increases capital requirements for dollar denominated liabilities. I mean, it's just like you, you, that's exactly what you would do if you were JP, this, you would be doing this exact thing, you know? Yeah. And it's funny, Tom brings up the point that Powell made. I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but he basically came out and said, hey, our interest rate policy isn't actually, uh, you know, getting us to our inflation target. And right. Tom, Tom was basically saying he just said the most Austrian thing he could. Yeah. <laughs> like, Interesting. Yeah. So I don't know. It's all speculative at that point of what yeah. people's motives are. I think the the writing's on the wall for what has to be done. And I think the actions are being taken. But yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, for sure. I, I think we we I, I I think we agree on like ninety-nine percent of things. I, I really do. Um but yeah, it's like I think we're just seeing those moves being made. And it's like, I don't know, I think this this shit could happen a lot a little bit quicker than we think. It's like 
Like, we'll see what FedNow does. We'll, we'll see how it works. We'll see what the, uh, you know, participation rate is. You know, I know you brought up earlier. It's like not that many banks are actually even using this Fed window. That's interesting. Um, we'll see how FedNow, you know, what kind of volume is, is going on. I mean, I don't know actually if we'll see that. But I, I think we'll see via the market, you know, kind of what's going on there. Whether or not we get the exact numbers, I don't know. Um, but like, you know, the last part of the article is sort of the signaling for the BlackRock ETF. So we're like, we're seeing capital, you know, this, this all just was just a fucking random JP going to talk in front of Congress and he's spewing out all of this exceptionally important uh, for the future of America and the world economy. Um, and, you know, the, the, all the why, all the, the, the biggest investment firm in the in the country or in the world rather uh has filed that has like a 570 plus to one uh you know acceptance rate of of the spot etf um which of course when you look into the um the s1 registration statement for this iShares bitcoin trust there's a lot of the stuff that we've talked about already um are directly mentioned um in this disclosure uh, including Coinbase, so we've talked about with USDC. Brian Armstrong come out and called USDC like the de facto CBDC, um, right as kind of the FTX shit was going down. Um, and then also that the Circle Reserve Fund, which is the issuer of USDC, which holds cash, treasuries, notes, and other obligations and repurchase agreements, repurchase agreements or cash obligations, uh, is also a affiliate of the sponsor of BlackRock. And has a mi minority equity interest in the issuer of the issuance of USDC. Um, so this is this. I think this is a we're, what what the hell we're going to find out is uh, you know we're we're going to figure out where this club where the club lines are drawn because a lot of this could just be it could just be like exit pump bullshit and on all these companies that are filed in and jumping on the bus. To, to file their spot ETF and sailors announcing a buy. This can all just be exit liquidity bullshit for uh, serious downturn in the Bitcoin market. You know, we, you know, we, a lot of us look at kind of a recession looming, you well, know, this could be total, total that. And also could be the opposite and could be, okay, this is regulatory signaling. People are jumping in because they know that this shit is about to pop off. And when it does, we got BNY Mellon there on the scene, Coinbase, USDC, and we're, we're seeing all of our old familiar friends. So I think. How, how do you feel about that? Yeah. Um, well, one, I don't think we should throw BNY Mellon into the same camp as Team Fed because I think they might be more like of a Davos globalist faction. But regardless of the, that. The bank founded by Alexander Hamilton? Yeah. They're like Hamilton, the spookiest Masonic bank in like the world. I don't know. They hold they hold all the assets for everything. But yeah, maybe you're right. I don't know. But but well, yeah. Well, I feel like you just made my point there. You just kind of made the point that BNY Mellon is globalist. Um, so I don't think that I mean, they're the on... US dollar has Masonic symbols all over it. You know, it just depends on your kind of definition sure. of globalist. Well, I, I think there might anyway. even be another argument that Masons aren't who people might purport them to be i don't know i'm still looking into that but i think really what this move is is a showing of the effectiveness of 
Powell's rate policy and having an effect on companies like BlackRock because BlackRock is just an asset manager, but they're not as profitable as people think. And people can uh, rebel by, you know, selling their iShares and taking matters into their own hands. But basically, they, in comparatively to other people, they're cash poor. And I think that this move into Bitcoin might be a way for them to desperately not be very cash poor. Yeah. And plus, you make a lot of money on, yeah. Yep. Yep. yep, yep. Yeah. And, uh, Another point that that's brought up is them trying to file to be a C fee after years and years of them saying that they don't want to be a C fee. Well, if they have so much exposure to, to people's pensions and um, they're uh, they might have holes in their, their balance sheet, then it would essentially them being a C fee would give them the privilege of having a government bailout and essentially nationalize the pension system. So I don't think that they're as healthy as people purport them to be. So I think this, that I, this, like this whole comment that I'm making is quite a, a stretch, but uh, I, I can't really think of any other reason other than they want to be able to control and regulate Bitcoin and suppress the price with a spot ETF rather than just a features mm-hmm. ETF. Yeah. And then just to just to like kind of in, in terms of, um, you know, team Fed stuff, it's like Bank of New York Mellon was one of the New York Fed partners for the digital dollar pilot. Um, BNC sure. was like a 24 uh, percent owner of BlackRock up until like nine or 10 years ago or something like that. Maybe even more recently. I kind of forget that they sold a huge stake. They bought it for like nothing <laughs> like i don't know like you know in the millions and obviously sold wait pnc owned blackrock but now they don't own blackrock they they didn't own back blackrock but they I mean, were they had Jake yeah was. it was like yeah like 22.4 percent um yeah for very very large and then they sold they sold their stake mm-hmm. um which is interesting because during the the bidding for who's gonna get at who's gonna buy frc BlackRock actually backed PNC Bank. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Forgot about but, that entirely. But uh, Uncle Jamie swooped in on that. Yep. <laughs> Uncle Jamie. Uncle anyway, Diamond I, Kid. I, I think we've covered pretty much everything. I'm very appreciative and gracious of, of your time. Yeah, dude. Um, if you think that there's anything we missed, which I can't imagine there is... Uh, and if no, not, I mean, you I can think, just uh, say sayonara. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think we could talk about the dollar and intricacies forever, um, you know. But yeah, man, no, it's, it's, I love talking to you. It's great. Um, yeah, really interesting stuff. Cool conversation. I like, it's fun talking to you because it's like, I know our minds orbit like 85 to 90%, like this exact same, um, which, which is really cool. And, uh, you know, I appreciate the discourse. It's fun. Fun talking with you. Yeah, man. Um, buy some Bitcoin. Just stay solvent. <laughs> Enjoy the next six months. I think shit's going to get weird. In many ways, I think nothing happening will be, you, you know, just as crazy as anything else. Um, expect higher longer. And yeah, just stay fucking solvent. Don't do anything stupid. And uh, yeah, we'll see you out there on the battlefield. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for having me on.
Yeah. Hey, Paul, baby. Saying those quiet parts out loud. It's good to be mm-hmm. back. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. And I also, again, publicly want to say thanks again for the opportunity to write for Bitcoin Magazine. Uh, oh, yeah. You're Hell you're yeah. a real one. And I think that you're the only sane person keeping that organization afloat just by the hard work <laughs> that you do and the integrity and great that you put into the, the work that you do. So I think it's amazing. And oh. not enough uh, Bitcoin companies have people like you uh within their system i appreciate you man but a lot of love yeah hey i'm just trying to figure it out like everyone else and uh you know i i just notice patterns but like i you know i don't necessarily have any idea what's going on it's just uh you know i'm doing my best out here so and i know you are too and you know that's why i love your shit and yeah really happy to have you uh in the magazine i hope you do it again um i think people need to uh be exposed to that you know, sort of thesis and thought. And I think it's really interesting and no Bitcoiners basically other than you have it. Uh, and I think it's really neat. So um, yeah, man. Well, yeah, have a beautiful day. I'm gonna go walk my dog, get some sunshine and uh, yeah, enjoy. I guess this will be out on Friday or something. So uh, enjoy your weekend friends. We'll see you out there. Awesome. Love it. Thanks, Steve. Uh, bye everybody. Peace out. Sign our audios. Subscribe to hupal.substack.com. Um, Pay me money, maybe, to do this shit. That'd be cool, too. And, um, yeah, don't get uh, bogged down by fear porn. Don't let the anxiety pimps whore you out. And as uh, Mark said, stay solvent. Adios. Adios.